You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome to the show. Hope you're having a great start to your weekend. It's not bad outside, you know, a little bit of sun. It's all good. Um, I have to tell you, I... I went to uh, Ripley's Aquarium for the first time this week, and Mike Catherwood is nodding. Is that because you you approve of it? You've been like you've actually been through amazing there? place. Yeah, well, I had no idea. It's been a, it's been here for what three years, maybe. And I yeah. I live close by because I'm I'm down uh, I'm downtown, and I've just never. You know what? I guess I've never really had not that I haven't had a reason to go, but it's like the CN Tower. Like I live here, I don't think like huh, I wonder what I should do today. Maybe I'll just go by myself <laughs> to this yeah. huge uh this huge attraction but um because i my sponsored syrian family has arrived they've been in town now for two weeks we found them a home this past week so we we moved them into their apartment we went to the furniture furniture bank uh and we got them furniture and i've been talking about the furniture bank a lot because i really support what they do they're um not-for-profit charity. They take donations of gently used furniture and then they find new homes for them uh, for people who are escaping it. Well, in our case, war, but it, it's also people in town who are perhaps leaving an abusive home and starting new, uh, maybe just getting out of poverty on the brink and you know, the, all their money is kind of going to the essentials like rent and some food for the family. So furniture is usually much further down on the list. And uh, it was really great to be able to find ways to entertain the kids because they weren't in school yet this week. So I took all four of my Syrian kids and their mom and we went to uh, the Ripley's Aquarium. And I'll tell you how brilliant I was, but it was not intentional. We went on Wednesday. It was the day after that giant dumping of snow. And I purposely wanted to go on a weekday because I have these fears of losing someone else's child in a really busy environment where lots of little people are running around and it's dark in there. And I've had laser eye surgery. And so my night vision is actually not very good. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go during the week. We'll go during the day because probably that's when it's not as busy. And we lucked out because when I went in there and I was, I was picking up the tickets, I asked the woman, I said, um, you know, how, how busy is it? And she said, well, because we had that giant snowstorm yesterday, a lot of the school groups, the buses had canceled. So it was amazing. Like it was still pretty busy, but you know, the kids could get right up front, um, to, to the windows and they could, you know, see all the sharks and the stingrays. And it's so cool. I don't know about your favorite part, Mike, but for me, it was the part where there was like that really slow moving conveyor belt, kind of like the at moving, the airport, moving sidewalk, the yeah. moving sidewalk, that except it goes at about two kilometers an hour. It is the slowest thing, but that's also because you can step off it and not fall over. Yeah. So it's like a, tunnel basically like through the bottom of the aquarium and it's a pretty like shallow tunnel I guess like if you're tall you can reach the top of it and it's just all glass and you can see like the stingrays and the sharks like just swim right above your head which is super cool because how often can you feel like you could tickle the stomach of a shark because you can sort of like but through the glass um but the kids loved it and i mentioned um last week that the kids in in um our family uh they don't really speak english so we're able to kind of get by on like google translate which is not always very accurate um and or just by kind of like gesturing and miming and stuff but the littlest girl who is uh 11 she said her first full english phrase to me when we walked into the aquarium and there's like, it just looks like a giant pool because you're like on the second level. And she looked at me and she just said, I love fish. And it was like, 
the most English word she'd ever spoken to me yet. So it was great. They just had such a good time. And, um, you know, I just can't believe it's been so long since that it's been here that long and I haven't gone. But I guess it's because it's super fun to take kids there. Like it's a good, uh, it's a good time. And then there's that part where the jellyfish are kind of um, like, I don't know, black, like, like black light and they kind of glow the in the neon, dark. Uh, With the neon. Yeah. It gets a little yeah. psychedelic there for a bit. Yeah. It does get a little psychedelic. I guess that's why some of the parents are just kind of hanging out there looking really zen. Um, so anyway, that was just something I got to do this week that I thought was really cool to share. Uh, and then, you know, in relation to the snowstorm that actually happened on Tuesday, I checked out this new app. It's called Diner App, and I'm going to have one of the guys who started it uh, come onto the show later on. It's something that's been in Montreal for a couple of years. It just launched in Toronto. And it's really great because if you've ever wanted, let's say, to go out for a special occasion and, and you know get a table at one of the nice restaurants in town, you might find that it's always full. And then you're like looking for a free table and then it's not for another two or three weeks. So um, the app lets you book same day tables at some of the top restaurants in the city because basically as people cancel, you're on the app and it's like suddenly a table is opened up at seven o'clock or eight o'clock. So these are restaurants where typically you might have to book weeks in advance. And suddenly like, so I'm now super in love with this app because I'm not a very good planner and I don't want to plan three weeks in advance for my things. Um, also, I love your advice too. If you're, if you're listening, if you're a parent and you're, or a grandparent, even text in 71010. You can text in at any time during the show because it is live. I'm with you until four o'clock. Um, but my really super adorable niece, if you want to see her online at Pei Chen, she's really cute. She's turning one this week. And um, my mom has asked me like three times in the past week what I'm buying Amelia. And I'm like, I don't know. I just thought I would give my brother maybe some money because it would be helpful for something. And I figure like until she's old enough to start wanting things and creates a wish list where I can just buy something and like check something off, um, she doesn't need a whole lot right now. She doesn't need any more toys. She doesn't need any more clothes. Um, You know, they have the baby essential. So I'm just wondering if anyone has suggestions on good gift ideas for a one-year-old. I like stuff that's kind of useful practical because I, I, you know, she doesn't need any more toys. There's no point in me like spending money on something she's never going to play with. She also grows out of her clothes really quickly uh, and she's got a lot of clothes. So I don't find that super necessary, but I would love any suggestions. Uh, text in at 71010. Good gift ideas for uh, for a one-year-old. Like what what do they need in the near future? I'd like to know. Uh, coming up on the show in a couple of minutes, I'd love to know actually what you know about peppers or Mexican flavors. Uh, we've got a guest coming up who, um, he kind of did what a lot of you probably think about, which is, you know, you probably sit at your desk some days and you have these dreams of quitting your job, walking. Do you think that, Mike? Because you're laughing. <laughs> oh, no, I never dream of quitting you this never job. Dream, no. no, we never dream of quitting our jobs, but other people, people who are listening, they do. Uh, and uh, if you ever have or like that feeling of like, I really, really feel like I should be doing something else. Um, well, my first guest who's coming up after the break, he did just that. He, he quit a fairly good tech job and then decided that he was going to like just open up a food business, which he'd never done before. So he's going to fill us in on that. And also he's kind of, I want to call him a bit of the king of peppers. Like he knows a little bit of everything. And uh, he's been setting up here in studio. And Mike, you saw you saw Steve setting up. And what was your fear? What were you afraid was going to happen? Immediately, as soon as I saw him, started picking out these 
obviously a very wide variety of good-looking peppers. <laughs> I immediately thought one of those is going to be a super ghost pepper something or other, and you're going to want me to eat it. And, I and just you want... volunteered. No, I did not. That is false and incorrect. <laughs> I immediately said, no, I do not want anything super spicy. Are this you... isn't a cricket experiment like um, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, a few weeks ago, we ate bugs, and Mike pretended to eat bugs. Because you like... said they would taste good. They did taste and good. And I tasted a little, t- a little piece, yeah, you and tasted... I disagreed. And so I didn't eat the rest did... of it. <laughs> So I like to treat uh, my technical producers as guinea pigs, apparently. Uh, Mike, but do you like hot, like, do you like spicy? I do like spicy stuff, yeah. Okay, yeah. As but long just, as it's not like rip your hair out, yeah. you want to like repent kind of spicy. Sometimes, I'm, 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 I'm down with spice. You know, I like spicy food, but I like it to be flavorful. I find sometimes people make things that are spicy just to try yeah. and burn a hole in your tongue. And it's not, doesn't actually like taste good. Exactly. Yeah. It's just pain. Have you ever been to the Salad King? Oh, it's God, near yes. I love Salad King. How yes. many chilies do you get? They have a scale you can get from one to 10 chilies on their menu. Yeah. Um, I, it's one to 10 now? It's, I'm pretty sure it's one to I, 10. When I went there, it was one to 20. Oh, maybe it is one to yeah. 20. Maybe I just I know, stopped I looking used, past I would 10. Start, yeah. I, I think after 10, it gets ridiculous. The highest I ever went there was about six or seven. Oh, that's, that's brave. And that was uh, sweating. That was, I was losing some pounds while I was eating. I remember when they were in their original location, um, which was on Gould Street, because yeah. I went to Ryerson. Same I remember here, yeah. going in there and I was ordering something. Maybe it is one to twenty, but let's say for the sake of the story, it was one to ten because I can't quite remember. And I remember thinking, like, I mean, come on, I'm Asian. I eat a lot of spice. I grew up eating like hot stuff. I feel like I can tolerate it more than most people. And I asked for something that was about halfway. So if it, let's say if it was one to ten, I said five, and the woman looked at me and she said no. I'm like. <laughs> But I'm the cu- no. no, I was like, no. And then I felt like, no, I want five. And she looked at me and she said, no, you want three. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I wasn't super aggressive. I was a student. I was very timid. I was from Nova Scotia. So I said, uh, okay. And I took three. And I honestly, I was sweating. She's I had tears in my messages. eyes. And I was like, don't let her be right. Don't let her. Don't, can I get this to go, please? So um, anyway. And just to say that I, uh, I think I can, I can handle spice. Um, so Steve did bring in a bunch of things. I don't know how much of them I'm going to taste because it's hard for me to, to eat and speak at the same time, which is where you would actually naturally come in very handy, Mike. But we can negotiate this during the break, I think. I think I'm going to probably try some things, yeah. As long as I've had some reassurances now that they're not going to blow my head off. I don't so. think they're all spicy, right? Like they're all like they're... They're delicious. Let's let's go with that. How's how's that? We we'll see how it that. goes. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how it goes. I know what that means. He's not going to try it. Uh, we're also going to give away $25 gift certificates to uh, Casada Bur- Burritos and Tacos. So keep listening for your chance to win one of those. And you can try some of their great food for yourself. And here's a quick story I wanted to get your opinions on. Uh, you can text it at 71010. I saw the story online, which really annoyed me. Um, ladies, do you feel your rectangular cell phone makes you look unattractive? Do you feel awkward because it's such a a weird shape? Well, there's a prototype of a circular cell phone. It's really hideous. Being designed for women. It's being designed by two former Microsoft employees who say that um, the circle, it's what it's kind of called, is uh, circular to fit into smaller and rounded pockets. And um, they custom designed it for women because this is what they say. Current phones make women look unattractive. They described it as moms at a volleyball practice pecking like chickens into their mobile phones. But their circular cell phone is pegged as a more discreet 
and ladylike way of communicating. Because women cannot handle the rectangular cell phones that exist, we need something that's specially designed for us that's wee and little and round. Um, guess what? No, we don't. That is dumb. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for your texts. I was just reading them during the break. You've sent in some great ideas for uh, gifts for my niece when she turns a year old this week. Although someone made a really good point, which was, um, oh, let me find it. Ants should not be giving practical. You should give something fun, (laughs) imaginative, extravagant, something mom and dad wouldn't or can't spend money on. I agree with that, but I want to wait until she really wants something, like when she's older and she's like, I'm five years old, I want a tattoo. And I'm going to say, yeah, let's go get one. That's what's going to happen. Or like when I was little, my mom wouldn't let me perm my hair. So when we used to spend um, March break with my uncle in New Brunswick, and I remember he picked us up from the train station and I told him, he asked what we wanted to do that week during March break break. And I told him, my mom said I could get a perm. So he took me to the a hair salon. I've never been in a hair salon before because my mom always cut my hair. And, um, and I got a perm and I can't tell you how mad my mom was when I got home. That's the kind of aunt I'm going to be. I'm going to be the fun one. Uh, so thanks for your suggestions. Keep them coming in. You've got great ones here. Someone suggested registering her name um, as a domain name so that she could at least have it later on if she feels like it. I think that's actually a really fantastic idea. Uh, so I've got my guest, Steve Gill, in studio with me, founder and CEO of Casada Burrito and Taco. I did not realize, Steve, that you had so many locations in the city. Yeah, we have about 15 in the Toronto area right yeah. now. Uh, we started right around the corner. right Where? Uh, Wellington and John, like just down the street oh, from here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that, that was, was a, twelve that, years ago. That was your first location. That was our first location. And so now you've like franchised right across the country. Yeah, today we opened up uh, the 59th Quesada, and it opened in Windsor today. So, wow! Congratulations, yeah. in in just over a decade. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, for five years we were just focused in, in Toronto, and then started to go from there. So I. I realize, I know this, that you have not always had a restaurant background or a food background because before, not everyone does. I mean, that's the reason people open up a place. But before this, you're working in tech? Yeah, I was working, traveling a lot, working in Colorado, Kansas, Canada, all over the place. And uh, there came a time when it was, you know, enough. I pulled into into the parking lot one day. (laughs) I just sat there before getting out of the car and go, I am done. Really? You were like, you were so sure of it. I was pretty much, it was just, I hadn't exactly decided what. Yeah. So I stuck it out a little bit longer while I figured it out, but yeah. What made you want to open up? Like, I'm sure at the time you didn't think of opening up a chain of restaurants, or maybe that was your goal, like your long-term goal. But at the, when you decided to completely switch careers, what was, what were you thinking? Like the motivation yeah. of doing this type of career? The main thing was getting, uh, doing something with people. Like getting out of a cubicle, not doing something that takes half an hour to explain. and uh, <laughs> You mean let's have a meeting yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in a restaurant, it's the exact opposite. Everybody knows something about your business and everybody has an opinion. And, you know, I welcome them, but it mm-hmm. doesn't end. It never ends. So. Now, why Mexican? Uh, I think this was just mainly a, a lot of influence from being in Colorado for a couple of years. Yeah. Traveling to Arizona a lot. And, uh, I mean, it's... Back then, it wasn't really expanded across even the U.S., like this type of food. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it existed, but not the way it does Taco now. Taco Bell. Are you telling me that's yeah. not authentic? <laughs> you know, 
the changes have happened. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, that was like the go-to, right? Like yeah, there weren't I mean, a lot of other options. It was and, burgers. And we've, like had the- to, we've had to explain our way out of that comparison a few times. So, yeah. yeah. Well, how do you, though? What, what? How would you say that you're different? I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to exactly what you're seeing right here is uh, using uh, fresher, more authentic recipes. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the great compliments that I've had over the years, not coming from a chef background, was... Mexican chefs coming to Toronto and, and visiting the restaurant when, uh, in Toronto and, and, really? them, and enjoying our sauces. And oh, you know, nice. some of them have gone to open up very good higher end Mexican restaurants in the city. But while their stores were under construction, they would eat at our place. So that's, that's a yeah. true compliment, right? Oh, when was, someone yeah, will actually eat your food, not just talk about it. That's what hel- helps make you think you made the right decision. So now then what did you just decide? You're like, Hey, I like Mexican food. And you saw obviously a bit of a hole in the market here. Cause it was, this was, we're going back mm-hmm. 11 years now. Um, where do you even start in terms of getting to know, what kind of food you should be doing and how to make it authentic. It's not like you grew up with these recipes. No, um, eating. (laughs) I'm very motivated by eating eating as well. Traveling and eating. That was the the best way to do it. Just uh, trips to California, trips to Mexico. I mean, it was, it kind of came after a series of vacations and different uh, experiences and and exactly what you said. I think at that time, uh, nothing in sort of the fast, casual, like quick, casual type Mexican food really existed. And mm-hmm. I didn't really believe that I could make the jump from a programmer to running a full-scale restaurant. So this was the place to go. Well, yeah. what was that learning curve life? Because I'm sure that uh, I will guarantee that a large portion of people who are listening have may like their jobs and, you know, for various reasons, it might be that it's a steady paycheck or they like the people they work yep. with or they like, you know, the kind of job that they do. Um, but who have this like kind of nagging thing in the back of their mind, which is like, oh, I wish I could do this. Or like, I'd love to, or maybe it's, it's you know, they're more sure of it. They're like, I wish I could just walk in, quit my job and start my own business <laughs> yeah. instead. And you did that. But, you know, I'm sure you've learned a few things along the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't take the decision lightly. <laughs> it's like, and, uh, you know, the biggest thing you know is that you don't know much when you start. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Uh, one of the stories I tell people is like, we opened it and it was great because people love the food. Um, the sauces were all made in-house. But being a first-time restaurant operator, I was running to Metro or maybe it was still called Dominion back then mm-hmm. at 2 in the morning to buy more tomatoes and stuff to try and have enough salsa for the next day. And, I mean, that can bring you to tears. So you have to be <laughs> ready for it. <laughs> Look, my parents run a small uh, food business in Halifax. Yeah. And I go on those runs where I, like, oh, yeah. I've been – Growing up in high school, I would work summers for my mom, and it was yeah. like a soup and sandwich kind of place, coffee shop. Yeah. And uh, there'd be days where, for some reason, everyone wanted a sandwich, and we ran out of bread, and I have to make like two bread runs so that it yeah. was a Sobeys. It was like across the street. Exactly. And I'm like, I hate my job. I hate coming <laughs> here and buying bread. And then, uh, you know, I was like, oh, we ran out of onions. Go buy a bag of onions. And it's like, I really, oh. this, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> It's just, it's part of the transition, you know, it's like part now, of the learning curve. So what I'm excited about is, uh, so after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about, you brought in a really great selection of peppers and I feel like people know like the bell peppers, you know, your yeah. green, your red, your yellow, your orange, like your sweet peppers. Jalapenos, I think most people yeah. yep, know their uh, jalapeno peppers because yeah. that's, you know, a, a staple in a, on nachos, uh, right. guacamole, uh, scotch bonnet, I feel like. 
is quite common now because people are, you know, into like Jamaican food. It's and common then, now. I have a story about that. Oh, I would yeah. love to hear it after, <laughs> yeah, after the break. But you brought in some peppers that I've never seen before in my life. Yep. But sometimes, and in some of them, the dried ones I've seen like walking through Kensington Market, and I'm really curious about them. I just don't know what to do with them. So I'm mm, a little sure. timid in terms of trying them out. So when we come back after the break, Steve's going to um, stick around. We're going to talk a little bit about the different kind of peppers you should be trying because I'm all about, you know, incorporating different flavors, but I think like a lot of people, I'll put myself in that group. I'm just a little uh, nervous. I'm like, am I going to burn a hole in my mouth if I, if I'm good with this pepper? So we're going to talk about those after the break. Also your chance to win a $25 gift card from Steve for Casada Burrito and Taco. Uh, right now we will take a quick break. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. The Pay Chen Show continues on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. It's getting uh, hot and spicy in here with my guest, Steve Gill, founder and CEO of Casada Burrito and Taco. Uh, I have you in because I wanted, you were, you intrigued me by offering to talk about peppers Mm -hmm. and because I love food and I do love Mexican food too. um, And I felt like I kind of know a little bit, but I knew there was a lot of stuff that I wasn't uh, familiar with in terms of Mexican food and even peppers Specifically, like for me, I thought that I was being creative when I bought ancho chili powder instead of regular chili powder. Well, you and were. I, right? I was. Yeah, you were. I was being, you know, sure. ahead of the curve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so what you brought in are some of the peppers that you actually use you know, at the restaurant. Yeah. And um, you brought in a great selection. A lot of them are dried. So is that the best way to purchase like peppers that are beyond the typical grocery store, bell peppers or jalapeno peppers? Well, I mean, one of the great things you about buying the dried peppers and they're not necessarily easy to get everywhere. Uh, like you mentioned earlier in Toronto, Kensington Market is a great place. That's where we would go mm-hmm. typically if we need some more. Um, St. Lawrence Market has them and, and they are starting to be seen in grocery stores. Well, I guess it's supply lines, and demand, actually. right? So like if the yeah. giant law blows somewhere. Changed, like, right. You know, the, there's more, like I find more quote-unquote ethnic foods. For sure. Um, I mean, there's a Mexican aisle at yeah. Loblaws now, right? So. But one of the great things about, about the dried peppers is even though they're not that easy to get at your local grocery store, you can buy them in the store so easily. So you can actually buy them and keep them for you know months to a year possibly I mean, um, in this format. Basically, the, the whole concept of drying peppers like I'm showing you here. Uh, so what uh, is – so you're showing Chipotle. me the shriveled so little brown I'm thing. I'm showing you these two little things. Uh, one is – well, they're both smoke-dried jalapeno peppers and everybody I think, as you said now, has heard of – the chipotle pepper. Yes, it's become uh, the, the, quite common. The one there, and then the other one is a marita marita chili, which is I don't also know that. it's also um, a chipotle pepper. It's actually the more common one served or bought in uh, North America. Is it spicy? like the ones when you buy the cans of chipotle peppers? Oh yes, this yeah. Is, they're more typically a, a marita in a, in the sauces there. Now, uh, if people want to experiment a little bit, like you said, Kensington Market is a great place yeah. because it's you know it's so mixed and multicultural there, and there's, it's a great place to find kind of harder to f- yeah. to find ingredients. For sure. um, Fresh, I would imagine, not as easy, and then you have to use it pretty quickly. Well, first of all, these don't exist as fresh. These don't exist? Like, the ones in my hand? Those are jalapenos. Oh, okay. In their previous life, and then they're smoke-dried, so this has more of a mesquite-type flavor. Oh, they're smoke-dried. Like, if you smell them, you can smell the smoke. Oh, yeah. So it smells and, nice. Uh, to use them, you just 
simply you rehydrate them. So you can put them either pour um, some hot or boiling water over them and let them sit for 15 to 20 minutes, depending a bit on how hot the water is. And what I have here, like we use the, we use those um, in chicken marinades and also in salsa by rehydrating them and then blending them up. So what do you have? You've got stuff in front of me and I have a bag of corn chips. This is a great day, everyone. (laughs) So this is a mild salsa using chipotle peppers. Mm -hmm. And we do that by taking the chipotle peppers, hydrating them in boiling water, coming up with the paste, and more or less blending them in with roasted tomatoes. It's good. It's, it has no and this one is, really. this one is Even though this is a, a reasonably hot pepper, that in this particular salsa, it's quite diluted. So which? Uh, so I'm about to try which one now? This really dark so, red oh, one? Don't, oh, don't do that match? Not, yeah, you can oh, taste that spray? much. It'll be okay. No, you got to tell me. I yeah, have to keep talking. This is just the chipotle pepper, so it's kind of... <laughs> wait, let me smell <laughs> yeah, I, that's the chipotle pepper. I basically took yeah. a big scoop of it, like it was a big, like it was salsa. Yeah. But now I'm going to dip well, it more delicately. Earlier, maybe we have to keep you uh, from this going for the, the six or seven. Sorry, tell me again what so was. So that this? is the marita pepper. I'm just, just gonna, hydrated. Ooh, I'm just going to let touch my tongue. Then it's a little bit spicy. You're right. It's spicy. It's. I'm not going to eat it right it, now. There's always with all chili peppers. <laughs> there's such a range. It's like grapes for wine, depending on when they were picked. Hey, that's a good the, way to compare uh, it. The growing season. You know, a jalapeno pepper can be mild to scorchingly hot. Now, not all peppers, when we think of different peppers beyond our sweet peppers that are very easy to find, mm-hmm. um, they're not all hot. But mm-hmm. I feel like the ones that we are often exposed to do have a bit of spice. So when people think of different peppers yeah. that are used in other cuisines, they think, ooh, spice. That's not necessarily That doesn't the case. have to be the case. So I'm, we talked a bit on the break about ancho and uh, peppers and pasilla peppers. And we use these a lot in uh, like a pork marinade, but um, I wouldn't call them hot. Like, so the they're ancho lower pepper, on the scale than a, than a jalapeno, but they're higher on the scale than a green pepper. What I didn't realize, an ancho pepper is only when it's dried. When it's fresh, it's called a what? It's a, uh, ancho pepper is a poblano pepper. But they well, changed like the name. Poblano pepper dried becomes an ancho. I have no idea why they changed the name, though, yeah. That really screwed me up because I thought those were two completely different peppers. I would have said, this is a dry poblano pepper. And then someone who knew Mexican food would have said, you are an idiot. It is actually an ancho pepper. You know, I don't think you need to be so harsh on yourself. <laughs> I like to sound really <laughs> smart when I'm out. <laughs> even even within Mexico, the names of these get switched. Because can I see the pe- pa- poblano pepper? Because that's oh, the, the one I feel like you you find these at grocery stores. You can find poblano Because it looks here, yeah. like a lo- – it's a very dark green pepper, yeah. but it's longer like those um, – the locally grown red peppers sometimes right. you get in the summer. Yep. Um, so it's just a, like a long, dark green pepper. And if you were to eat this, it's not really spicy, right? That's not very spicy. And, and what the gr- best way to cook these is to uh, roast them a little and char the skin. Mm-hmm. And it softens up the, the – just like just like doing it with red peppers, it's a fairly, fairly similar uh, – with the and sorry, not ancho, poblano peppers. So yeah. the poblano peppers. Um, so ancho peppers, because uh, I I see them, I do see peppers dried a lot, especially when I'm through some of these like bulk stores. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I tend to go towards the powders. Do you have a preference when it comes to like what form you, you like your peppers? You get more of the sweet flavor out of the using this. Mm-hmm. Out of use, oh, sorry, this on the uh, radio. Um, using the ancho instead of the powder because you, the, the texture and everything comes out when you rehydrate it. Okay. So then you had a good, you said you had a story to share about um, trying to add more spice to like more heat to the menu. Did you try using like a scotch or not maybe a... Oh, like that's right. Yeah. So just like what you said, there's always, everybody likes their hot wings and they have a certain tolerance for heat and they like, especially uh, there's a certain group of people. 
you know, younger guys, especially we've seen in the restaurants, like uh, walk into the cassade and say, like, give me the hottest thing you have. Because it's, it's like a bragging right. It's like, I can handle More it. More or less. Yeah. Who and, will cry first? And uh, so a few years ago, we did like a, a promo called Burritos Gone Wild. And we made... <laughs> <laughs> was there nudity? There was no nudity. There was alcohol, but no nudity. Okay. So. <laughs> and we used uh, this scorpion pepper, which... Is this uh, the hottest are, pepper in the world or no? It is not the hottest now. So everyone's heard of ghost. The ghost, the ghost pepper? pepper was the hottest pepper for several years. The uh, Trinidad scorpion pepper varieties eclipsed that for a little while. And now there's a guy in Carolina that's come up with something that's a blend of ghost and habanero that's over 2 million units on the Scoville scale. And Okay. So uh, actually a listener texted in to say that they have some Trinidad scorpion peppers that yeah. are 2 million units on the Scoville scale. And that's hard to comprehend if you don't have something to compare it to. Right. Um, and they've said that the jalapeno pepper is 1,800 units. So you're comparing yeah, the jalapeno 2 ranges million. from 1,500 to 5,000. Same, like I said earlier, just depending on the pepper itself. But, but the, the Trinidad scorpion pepper mm-hmm. is... About 2 million units? They range, I think in terms of Guinness Book of World Records and everything, I think they range averaging around 1.4 million, whereas the Carolina Reaper is upwards of one and a half to two million who eats these why why does nobody should eat them why do people grow these what is what is the purpose of this pepper uh i I think it's mostly now a common it's bragging rights like who can make the hybrid plant that has the hottest pepper but i mean just to put in perspective in the indian government uses these the essential oils out of these peppers in grenades no, like, this is weapons grade food. So. so if you had this pepper, if you had this this you have to dilute scorpion it. pepper, you could use that as a weapon. You could rub it into someone's eyes. Don't do that. No, I'm not, yeah, don't do don't that. Don't do that. But <laughs> it's it's dangerous. I, I think I feel it just having it in the Ziploc bag. Did you say so. that one of those one of the things? So Steve brought in a bunch of like little like takeout containers, um, like little like sauce containers, like the, with the lids, and he's got them in bags. But did you say you had to double bag one of those? It just the scorpion powder, like it's fairly fine powder and even just having a little bit on the side of the package. So I, I actually put it in a Ziploc. What do you do? Do you do anything with those at the restaurant or is that this when you is tried? What we did. We did. So we did that. You know, we, we basically took on the challenge and we uh, diluted it with sour cream and, and sauces so that it was at least edible and uh, very tasty, but just so hot that. It, most people just didn't order it after they tried it once. Like, they wanted to do it for the bragging rights, but it's too hot. Um, so it was like a one-time only thing. It's really it's – not, it's not your everyday food. <laughs> do you have a favorite pepper? For me, it's the Chili Delorable. What is so that? That's, it, sounds, this, it sounds like Chili Adorable. <laughs> well, I'm going to rename it. it. Yeah, you can rename <laughs> it. You might not think it's adorable after you try it. Can I may I see it? It's, it's, it's a lo- – you know, it reminds me of the, um, the, like the Thai – It's like a Thai pepper, chili. Thai chili peppers. Or uh, even – a variation of a cayenne pepper. It's actually a little bit less hot than a cayenne pepper. But at Quesada, what we do is we toast them, we char them up so that the skin blackens and that mm-hmm. uh, lets out a bit more of the heat when we put it into the salsa. And sorry, this is called the... That's a chili del arbol. Chili adorable is what it's <laughs> called. Um, Steve, you've also very kindly given us six 
gift cards to give away worth $25 each. You can text in uh, for your chance to win. You don't have to make it a huge rush. I'll I'll randomly select six winners uh, before the end of the show. When you text in, make sure you send in your full name and your mailing address because the gift cards will be mailed out to you. So if you get that in to me before uh, four o'clock, you will be entered to win and I'll let you know if you won and then your gift card will come in the mail assuming you gave me the right mailing address. Um, so S- Steve, how many peppers would you say you have in your in your kitchen kicking around uh, at my home kitchen i usually have a bag of i don't know, probably eight different varieties <laughs> at any given time what's your favorite way to use the chili adorable the chili adorable because it is your favorite so pepper. cute <laughs> i know yeah no i really to me i mean this salsa that we make is one of my favorite salsas that that what's well, the my favorite salsa that we serve but it's just one of my favorite salsas that i've ever had what's it called the salsa it, well, we actually have a, name, we have a simple just name, salsa. salsa roja. Uh, there, you know, it's a pretty simple name. I thought maybe name. there was like different salsa. So if somebody wanted to try your favorite, they needed to have the right name. Yeah, well, now you know it's made with chili, adorable. So. Well, that's right. I'm totally going to be responsible for rebranding this uh, this pepper. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming <laughs> in. I really appreciate it. And again, you can text in for your chance to win one of the uh, $25 gift cards that we're giving away to Casada. Uh, coming up after the break, I'll tell you how you can score a table at one of the top restaurants in Toronto, sometimes the busiest restaurants where there's usually uh, like a two or three week list before you can get there. You can actually get a table the same day. I'll tell you how after the break. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Back with more right after this. Now back to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. I ate a little bit too much of something that was spicy <laughs> and I ended up with a coughing fit. Uh, welcome back to the show. I, I'm still taking the, your text. You can enter in for a chance to win a $25 gift card to uh, Casada. Uh, just make sure that you send me your full name and your mailing address because otherwise that card will not get to you. Uh, hey, I was talking before the break about this um, great app that I would got a chance to try out earlier this week when they launched in Toronto which lets you uh, book a table, get a reservation at some of the most uh, you know, popular restaurants in the city, the restaurants that typically uh, book a little in advance. So it's not always uh, easy to get something you know, like same day. So I've got uh, Kyle Nairs on the line. He's the co-founder of Diner and the co-owner of two very popular Montreal restaurants. Hi, Kyle. Hi, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. So congrats on your Toronto launch of the app. Thank you very much, and thank you for being part of it. Well, it was uh, it was fun. Also, I think I got lucky because the day that I was trying it was the day we had that huge snowstorm in the city. <laughs> so it I was, felt like it was definitely snowmageddon. <laughs> so I felt like I had like so much selection. I was like, perfect. Everyone's canceling their tables, and I'm just going to book a restaurant that's within walking distance. And, and where did you end up going? I ended up going to the Chase Fish and Oyster Bar, so just Fantastic. downtown. Yep. Great. So near like Young and uh, like Young and Adelaide area. So it was nice, and I uh, got to sat by the window and watched the snow come down, and then I walked home. Um, oh, so good. you just launched this week in Toronto, but you've actually been around in Montreal for a little while. Yeah, we launched uh, just over a year ago in Montreal with a very small group of restaurant partners. We launched with eight partners. Um, some of the top ones that people know the names of: Joe Beef, Liverpool House, as you mentioned, My Restaurant, Scar Manger, and the Brenner. And uh, we tested it, we beta tested it in Montreal for a year and decided that uh, Toronto would be our next stop. 
Now, what made you decide to, I mean, I kind of can figure out why, because it's a smart thing to do, but, uh, you know, as a restaurant owner, was it that you saw that people were canceling the same day and you're like, well, I've got these tables open. Well, you know what? I was hearing two, like, predominant conversations. One I was hearing from my customers and one I was hearing internally with other restaurateurs. And on the customer side, it was always, we can't get into your restaurant. It's impossible to get in. I need to book a month in advance. And I would say, yes, you do. You need to book an advance, a month in advance, or you can call me the same day. And then on the restaurant side, everyone was saying, man, I'm, I'm having a big problem. You know, the epidemic of no-shows and cancellations at the last minute. So there seemed to be a pretty easy fit there. But I knew this inventory was opening up every day. The problem is we don't know exactly where it's going to be, exactly when it's going to be, or how many people it's going to be for. So on top of that, I was seeing my peers, my, my restaurant peers, posting their last-minute availabilities onto social networks. So the three pieces kind of came together, and uh, Diner made a lot of sense. So let's explain how Diner works. So it's D-I-N-R, if people are looking uh, for the app and they're you know, frustrated. Yeah, so it's you, can, you can download that in the App Store for Android or for iOS. Um, and basically, like we're talking about, it's a, it's a simple reservation system with sort of two different caveats. Uh, one, we solely do reservations for the same day. Mm-hmm. And two, we only work with the best restaurants in the city. So we work really hard to bring a curated list of high demand, hard to get into, uh, most importantly, delicious restaurants. So the rest, so some of the restaurants that you're working with um, in Toronto are uh, like um, Allo. Impossible to get into. Yeah, like Allo, which I know is a, is a beautiful, fantastic restaurant, but I think they're now booking into almost May. Um, I think they do a maximum of two months in advance and they're wow. booked to that day. So, it, so uh, like Bar Isabel, Borealia, um, Campagnolo, you know, Casamoto, uh, Richmond Station. Right. Like we've got, yeah, we've got 14 amazing partners here in Toronto. Uh, we'll definitely be bringing some more quality restaurants on, but I think for for now, the key is really working with only the best. Um, and there's sort of one hard rule is that the higher demand the restaurant, obviously, the further you have to book in advance, and the further you have to book in advance, the more likely you are to cancel. Oh, so. The yeah. busier the restaurant is actually going to have more cancellations, believe it or not. So then, uh, so it's same day only. So it's not like you're going to open up the app and go, okay, well, I want to book a table tomorrow. So you we, open it we up. We definitely don't want you to be planning. This is all about living a spontaneous life. <laughs> uh, and typically, you know, typically it's going to be for smaller groups of people. I wouldn't go to the platform necessarily for a group of 12 birthday party. That's right. the that, that you're going to plan. Like a group of, um, I noticed that it was like, you know, tables of two are pretty easy to get. Uh, may, some had tables of four, but again, the more people, yeah. the, the harder it's going to be. For sure. That, that's definitely fair. But I think anywhere from two to six people, uh, you're going to do super well on the app. And, and what you're, basically our premise for, for our users is really um, these are foodies, these are diehards that, that really love these restaurants and aren't terribly concerned about which one necessarily or which day exactly. So it allows you to, like, we guarantee we're going we're gonna to get you into these restaurants. We just don't know exactly what day. Now, how does it work if, let's say, I have my heart set on restaurant A. I open up the app. I don't see anything available. So I book restaurant B because I told my friend we're going for dinner tonight at 8. I book restaurant B, but I really want restaurant A. Am I locked into that reservation if I'm kind of still hoping for my first choice? Okay, yeah. So a couple things here. So a big part of our platform uh, works on push notifications. So everything's very time sensitive, as we can imagine. You know, these restaurants are open from 
five or six till 10:30 or 11. So they're really working in five or six hour windows. So what we try to do is really match make and maximize for them in that small period of time. Um, so one of the one of the questions you touched on there. We have a feature called Notify Me. Mm-hmm. If a restaurant doesn't have an availability posted, you can select Notify Me, and you're going to get a push notification instantly the, mo- the moment that something opens up. Um, and then the second part of your question, the rules of Diner is that you can only make one reservation in a day. You can cancel oh. up to an hour in advance, Okay. Uh, but you cannot cancel a reservation and then make a new reservation on Diner that same day. So the logic is... If you want to play it safe, you want to get into a great restaurant, you want to get into maybe one of our restaurant partners has a, a bit more options, mm-hmm. the non-allo restaurant partner, uh, you would take something during the day. You'll take something and you, you'll know you're going to have a great night out at that restaurant. If you really want to go to allo, you're going to have to wait and you're going to have to play it until the last minute. So you, got, you kind of get rewarded. Um, you get rewarded for waiting, I suppose. All right. So, so don't jump the gun and just, cause I, th- this is how I, cause I have friends who are restaurateurs and chefs. And the reason why they end up with empty tables sometimes is because people will book at three different places and then decide at the last minute, which one they want to totally. go to. Totally. That's, that's definitely a huge problem. And, and we experienced it in the early days in Montreal. Uh, we didn't have that rule in place, the, the one reservation rule. Um, and we were having restaurant, uh, sorry, users hopping across our restaurant partners, canceling three or four reservations for the same day. So we thought it was just more fair. We're looking for people that are accountable, that want to have a good time. We're only going to deliver great restaurants. So we think it's really reasonable that, of course, you can cancel a reservation. That's not a problem. Uh, but we don't think it's fair to be jumping across different partners. All right. So one reservation a day. So one, one reservation a day, you can cancel up to an hour in advance. Okay, so that's good to know in case. I'm like, in case I was to make that reservation yeah. <laughs> and then I was exactly. waiting for the other so one got, to open you up. It, but you make the choice. <laughs> Either you, you, know, you play it safe, you take something else, you're going to have a great night, or you live on the edge and get a chance for maybe those those really, really, really hard to get tables. Now, I just had a listener text in and say that um, they're, they ser- they've searched the app, but they see three different ones, so they're not sure which one it is. So it's D-I-N-R, and I guess the best way to describe it is that it's like a yellow background That's with a right. D, yeah, right? Exactly. We have two apps. We've got one for our restaurant partners, but for users out there, uh, they want the yellow one with the black D called Diner. All right. So this is just launched. So now, are you in the process of bringing on more Toronto restaurants? Well, I'll be honest. I've eaten so much this week that I don't think I can meet any more partners <laughs> this week. Uh, I need to run back to Montreal. But yeah, we'll definitely, we want to get things started and make sure that our, our core launch partners that have been so gracious to join us are, are in good shape and everybody's comfortable with the platform. And uh, I think once the demand ramps up, then we'll then we'll definitely be looking to add on more great Toronto restaurants. And I guess one thing to mention, just because I I hate seeing um, you know my friends who have small restaurants end up with no shows, and then they kind of lose the you know they lose the business. Um, so I, one thing that you do, which I think is great, is if you are a no show, you do get charged a small fee. Right. So yeah, that's definitely a really important part of the platform that in order to make a reservation on Diner, you do need to put your credit card in. Mm -hmm. We authorize that card to make sure that the funds are there, but the reservations are free. So really, it's just an accountability feature. But you're right. If if you don't show up, it's $30 per person. So it's it's a number that we found is big enough to scare people, but small enough not to, you know, limit them from using the platform. 
And an amazing number that we're really proud of is we've sat over 10,000 people with the platform and only 22 people haven't showed up. What? So really? Typically, typically, that number would be around seven or 800. Wow. That's great. Well, that's, that's fantastic yeah. because I, I just, it frustrates me when people don't have that courtesy to cancel and they just, yeah, you know, and you just know don't we've show made up. It really, we've made it so easy for people to, yeah. it's a one tap cancellation through the app and you're dealing with the same day as well, right? You're getting this exclusive stuff. So we, again, we think that's a really fair thing to expect of people. Well, it's great. Well, I'm very glad that you've launched here in Toronto. Thanks so much, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your run back to Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Uh, uh, thanks for texting in your entries to the gift card. I'll be letting people know very soon if you've won. Um, you can always catch podcasts of the show, paychen.com. You can find it in iTunes as well. If you want to uh, keep, <laughs> if you want to keep track of my whereabouts and what I'm doing, because my life is so exciting, you can find me online at Pay Chen on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoy the milder weather that's coming up. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all of your text messages as well and all of your great ideas for my niece. Now I feel like I'm going to spend a ton of money because you've given me like really fantastic ideas. You guys are great. Have a good weekend. I'll be back next Saturday.